0: Hello and welcome to the Politically Speaking podcast. I'm your temporary host for today, Jason Rosenbaum. Chris McDaniel is on assignment. Joining me in studio is... Joe Manis. And our very special guest...
1: Jennifer Florida.
0: The Recorder of Deeds for the city of St. Louis.
1: Yes. We're very honored. Mar- we're very
0: you. honored. We have Deeds mania. We had <laughs> Quigley mania in here. Now we have Florida mania.
2: Florida mania. Yes. Yeah, Florida and Missouri.
0: <laughs> so um, now, as we kind of mentioned in the show when we had former Recorder of Deeds uh, Sharon Carpenter on, uh, the race between Jennifer Florida and Sharon Carpenter is pretty much by default going to be the most competitive race in the city of St. Louis this fall because many of the other races have already been decided in the primary. But before we get into that hotly contested contest, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into St. Louis city politics.
1: Well, I'm Jennifer Florida, I'm the former 15th Ward Alderman. I served as the 15th Ward Alderman for 13 years um, in Tower Grove South, and Really, I looked at this from the perspective of public service. Um, Thirteen years ago, I was very much involved as a community leader activist, who had just gone through Gamaliel leadership training.
2: And now, now, also, what do you do for? I mean, before you were into mm-hmm. as an alderman, were you doing something else?
1: Right, I was. Uh, I did corporate art services. Okay, and I was a substitute teacher, and I was very much engaged in issue, action, resolution, um, went through leadership training through the Gamaliel, through MCU for St. Louis. At the time, it was called for, uh, um, C-4, and spearheaded the redevelopment of Grabway Plaza and saving Southside National Bank as a community leader. And my alderman decided to retire. And so I was urged by, uh, at the time, State Rep Pat Doherty to run for her office. Now if I'm not if
0: I'm not mistaken and I know our producer hates it when I use that phrase did you run against future state representative Mike Dawes in your first race or was that your second race? No
1: that was my first race. And it was
0: a very close race if I'm not mistaken. It was a
1: very close race. Um, Mike was from um, Holy Family and of course I'm from Illinois. (laughs) Well,
0: so am I. I'm not going (laughs) to hold it against you. I
1: lived in St. Louis, what, 30 years? So i raised four children. And as the leader in the neighborhood who had spearheaded these projects, I was more concerned at the time that the projects be completed. And so I went door to door and begged people to vote for me, and I became the alderman. And what an interesting job. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: so there are 28 Members of the Board of Aldermen and the Board of Aldermen President. Um, there will, I guess, soon be 14 in a few years. Correct. Um, we've had Scott Ogilvie in before, yeah. who was an independent, but you're a dem- you're a Democrat. I'm a Dem.
1: I'm a lifelong Dem. I am. I'm gonna just say I am a Democrat. I will be running as an independent in mm. November only mm. because of the law, yes. because yeah. the mayor appointed me so late in the process that I can only run yeah. as, a, as an independent. But, but
0: what I was going to ask is just tell me a little bit about what the job of alder woman in this case entailed, especially since you were a member of the majority as opposed to being an independent.
1: Yeah, I don't think the party politics so much matters so much. At Not our in level, the city,
0: because everybody's
1: yeah.
2: a
0: Democrat. Right, everybody's so a Democrat. So
1: really, um, it was it's more about um, advocacy. Um, it's about economic development. So you're basically responsible for the overall health and welfare of the people that you represent, and the I would say the economic welfare as well of your area. And so I worked aggressively based on demographics and working closely with my colleagues, looking at where we were 13 years ago, I can say that our demographic has improved by 100%. And so, you know, are we better off than we were? And so that's how I served, Um, and it was a lot of fun. And you got to see um, the physical improvements of of a neighborhood, like what are you gonna do with Southside National Bank? Are you gonna tear it down for a Walgreens? Oh no, 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 no. You save the bank, but if you leave an empty shell, what do you have? So then it's your responsibility to find a developer, and I did.
0: Did your um, word include South Grand? or? Yes, or it part is. Of it, part South, Grand, it. South yeah.
1: Grand is my baby. Yeah, yeah. Th-
0: that was probably a big undertaking, if you want to talk a little bit about the that. The great
1: streetscape and going through the process yeah. of being identified as a pilot by East-West Gateway and then um, basically um, working on the grassroots getting the kind of support that you need to make the kind of changes that needed to occur in a lane diet, and then going green, which is for some uh, difficult, right, <laughs> to try new things. And it has improved the economic, the inc- the economic impact has improved by I would say 10%, just sales taxes, have increased the last three years in a row based on that project.
2: The 15th Ward has a history of, of having some strong women um, mm-hmm. as alderman. Geraldine Osborne, who I knew quite well back oh, in yeah. the day, was the 15th Ward alderman for a long time. In some ways, you remind me of her as far as getting on a project and being dogged about it.
1: Well, you just get things done, and that and that and that's the way... That is the way that I work, that you look at your body of work as what are your accomplishments, and it, you don't do anything by yourself, not ever, not in anything. I mean, everything that was a we, we accomplished the great streetscape, had I not the support of the mayor, had I not the support of Alderman Conway, had I not the support of the neighborhood, it would not have happened had we not had the support of East-West Gateway. It takes a lot of people to make things happen.
0: It's my understanding, just from viewing the Board of Aldermen operate for a year or so, and obviously Joe has more experience than me, but as you mentioned, party politics doesn't really matter. It seems like it's more personalities and it's kind of factionalized into people who are more supportive of the mayor and people who are less supportive of the mayor. And that's that, been going on for decades, yeah. by the way, just so our but listeners that, know. But is that is that an accurate observation? I think you were probably more in the you know, in the weeds. You were probably more in the, the faction that was closer to the mayor than the faction that was more antagonistic to the mayor. Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Well,
1: I just think that if you want to be truly successful, if you really want to move your area forward, it's important that we work together. And that's, that's what you need to make things happen in St. Louis. And that's the kind of culture that I'd like to foster, that we work together and put those types of attitudes aside.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, setting up the current situation, you initially had planned to, or at least were considering, running for um, president of the board of aldermen in, in twenty fifteen.
1: I was running for president of the board. Of Alderman. And, and okay. Yes. And
2: uh, if you want to say why you were doing that briefly, and then we're going to talk about you know the whole shift. To foster
1: a culture that we would work together, basically, that we, we need a shift in the paradigm that we're not going to accomplish great things unless we work together, and that's why I was running. Uh, there wasn't anyone who was more supportive of President Reed than me when he ran the first time, and it, we just don't have that kind of culture environment. It's important. We need to be progressive. We need to look at the kinds of things we need to do to be a great city again, and so I was running for president when um, our current recorder broke the law. And had to forfeit her office and um, how did you get
2: brought into this when did the mayor call you and kind of me mean, how did you become aware of I mean this happened over the course of about 72 hours
0: it was a very quick process yes. yeah
1: well it, you know the, the part that I remember best was um, really meeting with Sharon Carpenter Thursday night the night before She she resigned. resigned. Right. She resigned on a
2: Friday. I guess the rumor started like on a Wednesday there was was, something going on. Because
1: the part gets – for me, the mayor um, basically called me into his office and um, said, Jennifer, I really need you to consider doing this. There's a very short list of people that Sharon would support, and you're one of them, and you're the only elected official, and we have marriage equality on the line, and – Um, we have some very serious issues where we're not in compliance with state law. And so he wanted me to consider taking the appointment, shifting, you know, my gears and then bringing what I have as the, I was chairman of public employees, sat for six years on budget, 13 years in alderman. I'm very knowledgeable about the operations of the city, very familiar with the function of the recorder's office. And so... I found Sharon's comments in your interview to be very disappointing and quite baffling. How so? Um, well, I've known her my entire political career, and I believe her, I thought her to be a friend. And so I don't understand her statements. They don't jibe with um, the events that unfolded. And rather than focus on like the tit for tat, I'm just going to say I'm very disappointed. And so I was on the short list of her list to be successor. And, yes, I'm a little bit of a Girl Scout, you know, Pollyanna do-gooder. <laughs> you know what I mean? A reformer. So- I think we should follow the law yes. all the time. <laughs> it's just one of those things. So by, in her words, Thursday when I met with her in the evening before she resigned, she said she broke the law and that she would have to— Resign her office, or Jennifer Joyce was going to physically remove her from her office, and that she was going to retire, and that she had hoped to retire in April when she would have celebrated her 35th year this coming April. So she hadn't planned on serving out a term, um, but that she was going to retire now. And so, that, and having said that, that um, the mayor, I could see that the mayor really needed me to consider taking on this challenge. And I think this is where I found out who I am, a public servant, that same kind of maybe church person. Because it was
0: kind of a risky venture for you Mm -hmm. because you had just basically won re-election the year before. Um, you were pretty much guaranteed to be in the Board of Aldermen for another three years, and you're basically stepping into a situation where, at best case scenario, you win this election and you're recorder for another four years. Worst case scenario, you're recorder for nine months and you have nothing, essentially. Right.
2: Yeah, just to set this up for our listeners um, Sharon Carpenter had been recorder of deeds for over 30 years. Um, the law she violated had to do with nepotism because she hired a uh, great nephew to work for her a couple summers in the office. Without getting into details, when you see our show, this show on the site, we'll have a link to to the show we had with her, so you can listen and get all the details on it. But I just want to set this up. So Jennifer Florida, who was selected by uh, the mayor to fill in as the real recorder of deeds for the rest of Carpenter's term, it was too late for you to file as a Democrat to challenge her in the primary. This happened just. About mm-hmm. a month before the 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 primary. so oh. Sharon carpenter w- went ahead and won the primary. So now you have submitted the signatures needed to mm-hmm. run as independent in November. I just wanted to set this up yeah. for our listeners. So, so but again, like
0: well, I mean, again, as I kind of mentioned before, it's still an electoral risk for you because it's there's a possibility you could run against this person who's been in office for thirty five years, admittedly admit, you know, committed nepotism and had to resign. but she may still win, and you may not have anything. Right. I mean, have you, has that thought crossed your mind?
1: Uh, well, I, I would say I've, I'm going to tell you the truth. Of course, that thought has crossed my mind, but I could see that I was needed. And quite frankly, um, after being there for a month, I focused on um, basically the operations of the office and what do I need to do to um, whip this office into shape. To, yeah. um, to, to comply with state law and to make sure that this office could be a 21st century recorder's office. And so for me, public service is about doing a job, mm-hmm. not always being the person you want to be, right? Like I wanted to be the president, right? But I could see that I was needed here, and I felt like I was called to do this, and so I'm going to do it.
2: Now, so what have you done in the office yes. so far, and there are particular right. things that you're focusing on?
1: Right. There are, um, for one thing, um, the records, the, the the old historic, magnificent records are in a shambles, and quite frankly, the first thing I've you know I've done is we've tried to comply, or we haven't tried to comply. We have complied with the law. We've turned over the Recorder's Fund, which was under scrutiny and had been called a slush fund, um, over to the Treasurer's Office. And we're setting up a budget so that we're using those funds to um, focus on preservation and storage. I've called in experts, the Missouri State Archives, to take a look at the condition of the way that we're storing these records. Yeah, because the Recorder of
2: Deeds has some historic, very historic records that are hundreds of years old.
1: Right, and you, you could follow... Um, We're clearly, we're blogging and we're tweeting. So if you want to see some of the photos, they're at JFlorida, R-O-D. And i got to ask about this
0: part because this actually affected me personally. You put like a record search online, which allowed me to find, Mm -hmm. I think, the deed of sale for my grandfather's old store in North St. Louis. How did that come about? Was that something that was in the works before you were Mm -mm. in office? No, it
1: wasn't. Um, In the first week, I met with our software company I looked at other websites so one of the first things we did besides compliance was to work on merging our current website to the St. Louis City website. I met with the software company. I noticed that St. Louis County and St. Charles had this direct search that we didn't have. And so because we had a life cycle product with this company, at no charge to the city, we were able to add the direct search component to our new, merged, updated website that's cleaner and you can follow us on Facebook. At mm-hmm. St. Louis City Recorder, that seems like a um,
0: that seems like something that would be a no brainer for a city like St. Louis. Do you have any idea why that hadn't been implemented before?
1: Well, I just think that this office hasn't had the kind of attention that it needed um, from from the recorder, and so I've you know I'm an eight to fiver now, and and I'm there every day working alongside of my staff.
0: Except now, obviously.
1: No, I'm not. You're right. I'm at, well, here. Well, you're here. working. You're, I'm pr- doing, you're promoting. I'm promoting.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kidding, but continue. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thanks for pointing that out. You're right. I am
1: here. Next time, I'm going to make you come to my office. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I actually I'm working off of an internal document that um, we've we've actually accomplished a lot in a month and, okay. a, and a lot more needs to be done. So we've merged the website to the cities. We've moved our moved our mailboxes to the cities, which addresses the archive compliance issues so we weren't in compliance with law and that we're archiving our email. We've added the direct land search upgrade. Um, we're building future capacity online for capacity on perhaps line online transactions. I'm working on preservation of records and storage. We've partnered with the Missouri State Archives. We're working to develop an internship program to build capacity because I have many, many records that have not been cataloged, indexed, digitized, microfilmed, or properly stored. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge, huge job here. And I do have the energy and the interest, and I care, right, to do the job. And I think that's what we need.
0: You mentioned kind of the, 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 you kind of alluded to the staffing issue. I I assume that you have pretty much kept on most of carpenters staff or have you made some changes since you've been in office
1: I've not made any changes um, I have actually a great staff that does a great job of the day-to-day operations I have requested a review of uh, from an, an internal audit um, to review and to audit our recorders fund and I've requested a review on the part of city councilors to review our our um, bid process for the construction project because we have a history of no bid, um, no bid contracts. And so Well, that was going to be my question.
0: I think that was the deputy's like son or relative Mm -hmm. who did that. Is that person still employed? And if so, why?
1: She she is. And we um, I haven't received the report yet. So as soon as we have they have completed or concluded the reports. The mm. city councilors on our review process, and the comptroller on her internal audit. Mm. Those reports will be online so that you can review that. And so I think it important that if you're going to take action, it should be based on right you know some kind of you know, I, c- yeah. Because the
2: recorder of deeds is among as ser- among a, several count, so-called county offices in the city, and all the employees actually are patronage, so they basically serve.
1: They're at will. Yeah, you at can say that at will, on, But but, they have but federal most protection. of them
2: most of them yeah, they but most of them this has been going on for decades. Most of them have connections. I mean they've gotten their job. Uh, imp- they may be good at it, but there many of them are connected to a particular ward or a particular committee person. I mean, this is true of all the offices.
1: Right. And so um I really hadn't I I really don't intend to disrupt the operations of the office by randomly Terminating people's employment—I don't think that's a stable way just to. Just putting in. all the
0: fifteenth ward people that you're friends with in there. It's a basically. very interesting <laughs> idea.
1: I mean, I in theory, she could. They're
0: very—it's a very yeah. uh, well-educated ward, so it wouldn't be the worst yeah. idea. All the wards are but well-educated. I, this, but continue.
1: This, you know, but the staff really is. I get um, compliments on the staff every day on how pleasant and how helpful they are, and so the day-to-day operations I think run great. It's just that the office overall hasn't been very committed to following the law.
0: Uh-huh. Now, now here's a question that I posed on Twitter, like right around the epicenter of the Carpenter controversy. It was, <laughs> should the recorder of Deed's office be an elected position? And the overwhelming response to that from my Twitter followers was no. And some people were like, hell no. And some people were like, absolutely not. Now. I understand that a lot of other counties elect recorder of deeds. Our our good friend Brian Nievis tried to be recorder of deeds, and he didn't win.
2: In in Franklin Uh, County. In Franklin
0: County. I can see the argument of why there needs to be one, because maybe an appointed one doesn't have the accountability. But what's kind of your take on that entire question of whether this should even be an elected office or not?
1: What is my take? Well, I supported reducing the Board of Aldermen to 14 and have... Always been, and this is why I thought it odd that Sharon would put me on her short list of people as her successor because I do believe in reform, and I don't think it's up to me to decide whether this office is appointed or elected. I think it's up to the people of the city of St. Louis to make that decision. They would have to vote. They would have to vote. So it's a charter amendment that I do firmly believe that the city can make the the citizens can make that decision, not Mm. me. I now clearly am um, running for election mm-hmm. um and i've seen kind of both sides so i've seen this office now um not have the attention that it needs yeah. and um it, and we have these very old records in a shambles could that happen whether that person was appointed or not after the city going into recession Right, I d- I don't know, and it's also it's also we have question, a special yeah. fund though, Jason. I yeah. mean, we have a special fund. Mm-hmm. There's really not any reason why we couldn't put those funds to good use mm-hmm. to make sure that we have an appropriate environment. I mean, they're stored in a basement that doesn't have a humidifier. Mm-hmm. For goodness sakes,
2: have you done something to help with the? Problem in
1: in the storage? Yes, I have. Um, After having the experts come in, um, we are at least installing a HEPA filtration system to remove dust particulates and microbials, and then we'll monitor the air quality to move forward on perhaps a ductless dual system so that we have the appropriate environment to store these. um, Well, they're priceless records. records. They're priceless records, but right now they're in a basement.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, the, the thing is, I, I kind of see both sides of appointment versus election. There's been kind of a lot of criticism of these county offices. But I just wonder if, you know, all of these county offices are suddenly put under the control of like the mayor, for example, mm-hmm. whether that would give too much power to him to deal with all these sources of government. He already actually has a decent amount of power the the police departments under him. He appoints all the department heads. He doesn't have control over the budget, but he votes on it. I, I kind of see both sides, but that might be one of the reasons not to appoint it potentially. Do
2: you expect this to be an issue in November, as far as whether or not the recorder of deeds should be appointed or elected, or
1: been, or if she sure? I really don't know. I'm sure that's something stay St. Tuned. Louisans Let's really. Let's call Phyllis Young and yeah. see if she knows. I'm right? sure that's
0: something St. Louisans <laughs> stay awake at every night for yeah. deciding that. No, question.
2: but it could be an issue since, as Jason pointed out, this will be really the hottest, likely be the hottest city. Uh, contest on the November bound. So let's
0: kind of transition into that. Now, as we've kind of alluded to, the previous recorder resigned under some controversy. She basically admitted that she hired a relative and had to resign. But the fact remains, these are the facts after August 5th. She won every ward in the city against two opponents who were both African American, including all of the north side African American wards and the south side African American wards. Her name recognition, especially in my part of St. Louis City, Southwest St. Louis, is probably very high. And, you know, all these things that you might bring up in a campaign may just not be enough for you to beat this long-established figure. How do you think you stack up with Sharon Carpenter, and what is going to kind of be your message to try and and win in this race?
1: What is my message? The message is... Um the recorder broke the law and had to forfeit her office and had planned on retiring in April. And we need a recorder who is actively engaged, who cares about keeping the records, who's interested in working alongside with her staff, to make sure that this is a 21st century recorder's office, that the documents are very important. I mean, I don't think there's anything more important than the documents that we that we are responsible for. Our marriage records, our marriage records. I mean, this week we promoted. I think Ulysses S. Grant and Julia Dent's. Um, marriage license. We are to keep these records forever, according to Missouri State record retention. And they're historic, and they're beautiful. And right now, they're they're packed in tin boxes and folded in threes. And so Missouri State Archives wants us to flatten them out and store them in archival folders and archival boxes. The work is almost overwhelming. We need somebody who's really, really, truly interested in working toward a 21st century recorder's office and taking very seriously the preservation and storage of these precious documents.
2: Now, the mayor uh, said he recommended you. I mean, he he pointed you to this post. Um, he had endorsed her in the primary because he already had done so. Um, his staff has indicated he not, he supports you, and so my, the expectation is he'll be supporting you in November. How active do you... Ex- expect the mayor to be on your behalf?
1: Well, I, I mean, we uh, he is supporting me, um, but it is my campaign. So it, it's gonna be up to me to raise money, to frame the message, and to win this election, and to give the voters a compelling reason to vote for me. And I'm hardworking, I care very much about doing a great job as a recorder, and I've already made great accomplish- accomplishments in less than a month. Um, and I think the direct land search is a good example of that. I was there one week. I met with Fiddler on my fifth day there, and they just said, oh, yeah, absolutely, we can make that happen. We'll work on it next week. You just need somebody who cares.
0: So how do you campaign for an office like this? I mean, obviously you see in some of the rural counties that it kind of becomes— I don't want to say a popularity contest, but it kind of almost gets overshadowed by a lot of other races. If this is the only game in town, like how do you campaign for an office that is important, but not like president of the United States, basically? Right,
1: Just getting people to care. I Well, I've, I've started attending neighborhood association meetings, and um, there seems to be a genuine interest in making sure that we have a competent, capable, electable recorder who is interested in doing her job. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that's that's the message in making and getting the message out.
0: Do you do, like, direct mail, TV ads, radio ads, or you just kind Mm -hmm. of go door-to-door like aldermen pretty much?
1: Aren't you funny? Um, I feel like I'm tipping my hand, (laughs) (laughs) Jason. Well, is there
2: anything particular in the office that you hope to have (laughs) – and uh, like any other achievements that you hope to have either in place, or or going in place by November.
1: Um, by November, I mean we're, we're going to be well on our way to well on our way to improving the air quality in the way that we store um, records. That um, we'll we should at some point soon begin the new archival way in that we store the marriage records, and. Um, some of the, the bigger things that I think are helpful to people the transparency in um, being able to do direct search we're bringing and digitizing records so that the public has access to them so as you watch this unfold you'll have more and more access to information.
2: Now you do support uh, same sex marriage is that correct? Which I do. which is which is a factor in this race only because recorder of deeds records I'm, these.
1: I now am the substitute defendant. In um, the marriage equality case, and our next um, hearing, I believe, is September 29th. I expect it to go the same way as Virginia and Utah. You know, yeah. so.
0: So that would be if, if, if for some reason gay marriage is legal in Missouri, either by a court or by mm-hmm. amendment being repealed, that'll be a big role of your office to grant the marriage licenses to probably hundreds, if not thousands, of couples in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Is that correct?
1: Correct. I had two dear friends marry that night. I was there. Um, I, so I'm pretty I'm very familiar with the marriage equality story. And uh, I think the mayor had hoped that the mar- marriages would occur in April, but they occurred in June. So that's all good. Yeah.
0: So we'll see how that pans out. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned before, this is an election. So there's kind of some, you know, the, the result won't be known until November. If you're successful, obviously, you get to be a recorder of deeds mm-hmm. for at least four years. If you're not, what do you do next, basically, or have you not even thought about that yet? You know what?
1: I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I haven't really thought about that. Um, I'm optimistic that if we work hard and that we get our message out that I trust the voters of this city, um, I hope to work and as the recorder for the next four years yeah what and, you, and oh, to, yeah to make those the kind of necessary changes um because I, I i do just if you want to talk about the table of organization i have a budget that doesn't reflect our table of organization there's so much to do just to give the the recorder's office better bones and, and to strengthen the organization overall
0: do you think a kind of backtracking a little bit to the race that you were in previously, do you think, it's not going to be you, obviously, who challenges President Reed, but do you think he'll have a serious challenger, or do you think it'll be like 2011, where he had no opponent, basically?
1: I just really, um, I have no idea now. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I really don't.
0: Yeah, because there's kind of a vacuum that, since you're kind of out of the mix, maybe he gets an opponent, maybe he gets a free pass. We'll have to see. It's Mm -hmm. an important office, so.
2: But so is hers.
0: Yes. (laughs) So unless there's anything else, um, we will just stop it right there, and we'll be intensely watching the most important race in the city of St. Louis this year.
2: Yeah, and hopefully that uh, people in the city will at least be paying attention to the whole idea of the historic records. Yes. On either side, both sides have been pressing the importance of them, but I'm a big history buff, and I have to say that um, those records that are in the Recorder of Deeds office are extraordinary
0: yes absolutely so to close us out you can follow all of our stories at stlpublicradio.org you can follow me on twitter at j rosenbaum you can follow joe at
2: j that's j m-a-n-n-i-e-s
0: and you can follow the recorder on twitter at
2: j
1: Florida r-o-d
0: which stands for recorder, recorder of, deeds. of deeds we'll be back next week until then so long